Welcome to the Be Still Podcast. I'm your host, Beth, an avid yoga teacher, wellness junkie, diehard organizer, and fearless business leader. This podcast is a place where I'll sit down with everyday people, entrepreneurs, and business owners to talk all things and all questions about health and wellness, Christianity, and small business. I hope you leave here feeling empowered to be your authentic self and share your story with the world. Thanks for showing up and being here. Welcome back, everyone. It's so good to have you here. Before we jump into today's episode, I just want to remind you to head on over to bestillhealthandwellness.com. I have launched a couple of classes on Wednesday evenings for the next several weeks. It'll be a yin and meditation class where we'll focus on scriptures from the Bible and just allow our bodies to really relax and just restore before heading into our evening, maybe heading to sleep for some of you or just having a peaceful evening. So head on over and check it out there. Also, there's a podcast tab there that you can find all the show notes of the most recent episode and click on the links of our special guests so you can find them all over the social webs. So today I just want to give you a little glimpse into what we're going to be talking about because I know so many of us can have moments where we feel like we're just sowing, sowing, sowing seeds into our future and we're waiting for them to actually sprout and actually prosper any fruit. And so today our guest will talk about how those seeds that we continue to sow in our life will eventually sprout, but we have to be obedient to the Lord's calling and the Lord's plan in order to see those seeds that eventually have sprouted. So I just can't wait for this guest, Pastor Jared Gordon, to speak into your life, and I hope that you are encouraged and find some positive movement from his message. So take a listen. Thanks for being here. Hello again, and welcome to the Be Still podcast. I am your host, Beth, and I'm excited to share the guest with us today. This guest here goes back a long time for myself, um, probably over, I'll say over 25 years at least, but who's counting at that point? So this is a longtime friend, a high school, elementary school classmate that I had the honor and privilege to grow up with. So I welcome Jared Gordon yeah. to the podcast. Yeah. Great to have 25 you. years you uh, that makes us sound really old if it's, it's way 25 years that's a long time it absolutely does and I think I may have probably shared my age somewhere across but that's okay we are, yeah, we are getting right. you know prime years yeah. here in our 30s yeah I'm still in my I mean I think we're still in our early 30s so that's not bad I have family members that are starting to get into their late 30s to early 40s so we're not there yet so I'll take early 30s for sure. Those are the years in our <laughs> 30s. Well, thank you again for being here. Let's just start out and share a little bit just who, who you are. What, yeah. what, who is Jared Gordon and what do you come in to share with us? Well, I'd like to think Jared Gordon is a, uh, an amazing husband, father, um, brother, and friend, but I'm also a teaching pastor at a local church in Madison, uh, Wisconsin, uh, and I also have recently wrote my first book, so I guess you could say I'm somewhat of an author. Um, so, but mainly, I love the, the the role I get to play as husband and father uh, the most. But uh, being a teaching pastor and author is pretty awesome as well. That is, I mean, you did add author last year, yeah, and I did. For, for anyone that you know is wondering, fortify. That is yeah, the book, Fortify. Fortify, Strengthen to Defend. I grabbed it yeah. to be sure that I had it here today and I have read it. So definitely yeah. give it a check out listeners on Amazon. Yeah, I really copy. appreciate that. I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, let's start. Let's start there. No, okay. let's, let's pause. Let's not start there. Let's go back okay. because I, I know a bit about Jared. So let's go back, Jared, and your okay. family. So you are a husband. Right. Yep. And for those of you that, those that will get to know you, you married your high school sweetheart. I did. Uh, yeah. So awesome. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, it was, I did meet Melissa. We were uh, actually, our schools were rivals. And so it was kind of ironic and uh, disrespectful if you really thought about it at the time, because uh, uh, our schools were rivals and a lot of my friends uh, played against her in basketball. And so at the time when we started dating, uh, I think we were in a playoff game, playoff push between the schools, and uh, 
their team won and I was kind of outed for a while at school <laughs> because I was still celebrating but yet our school was shut down now for mm-hmm. basketball but uh no we uh it's we've been best friends ever since uh since 2005 so we we said we've been together since 2005 which uh that is also that's a long time that ago a long but time ago our journey is one that we we really cherish and the story that we have together is one that uh we really love to share um because it, it's it is something that you can't really write it just sort of happens so uh she grew up uh, knowing the Lord, and uh, I did not. So, uh, but yeah, we've 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 enjoyed this incredible journey now as parents together. But uh, yeah, high school sweethearts since '05. You know, tell me. I'm gonna want. I want to know more about that, Jared, because I obviously knew Melissa as well growing up, and I also know that she knew the Lord. And yeah. I know I went to a Catholic church. I believe you went to the Lutheran church uh, yeah. in the town next to us, right? And so just knowing kind of our journeys and past, what was that like? Or how did that, how was that relationship of, of being with someone, especially in those younger years, knowing the Lord? And if I recall, like fairly fiercely, like she knew the Lord and was really mm-hmm. confident in her faith Yeah. And coming into that relationship and how your faith grew. What did that look like for you guys early on? Yeah. Well, the thing about it was I was, I had no idea she knew the Lord. Uh, I knew that once I started telling, asking around, like, hey, tell me more about this Melissa Clyer girl to that, or to the school, to people that went to that school, they're like, you have no shot uh, because you are wild and crazy and like to party and like to uh, not play by the rules. Melissa Clyer is the exact opposite of that. She is a churchgoer. She follows the rules. She's completely obedient. She's honorable. She's respectful. Um, so you have no shot. And so that alone was enough for kind of me to, to intimidate me a little bit. So, but I, I you know, I, we just started talking and uh, we actually met on MSN Messenger. For those of you who don't know that, that is uh, the modern day uh, texting, uh, but you could only do it on the internet. <laughs> so you had to be on a computer to do it. So we just started talking. And when she started telling me about her faith, there was just something about it that didn't, um, it, I can't, I don't think it attracted me more, but it made me respect her more. Mm-hmm. Um, and that I didn't want to be the person that drew her away from something she had grown up to believe in. Um, so I think, Early on, it was, I wasn't into it, but I also didn't want to take her out of it at the same time. Like I wanted to respect her parents. I wanted to respect her. And so I think as the more I watched this family and how different it was, that attracted me more so. And so I think for anybody listening, don't be intimidating by somebody else's faith uh, because uh, that can be attractional in itself if you just learn to respect it. And I think that is such a truth for us in this day and age that yeah. just because you disagree with somebody doesn't mean you have to disrespect them uh, because your life can be changed in a moment of deciding, you know what, I'm just going to respect that instead of run away from it or degrade it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And there is something I'll even share. There's something so honoring and also um, admirable to your point about others' faith journeys. And I see that even with, you know, other girlfriends of mine, but Drew and I have seen that in our relationship. And I've seen it more um, from him looking into me. And at times, you know, we may feel, I may feel, I should say, like my faith is so shallow or small or like not as good, right? We always put these like labels, which is totally unrealistic people. Not okay to compare to others' faith, but we do, It, it is human nature. Um, but watching him as well, just pursue and seek the Lord as we've grown yeah. closer is so attractive. It is absolutely right. so attractive just to know that together you are on this journey and pursuing the right. Lord together. Right, right. And so we dated, I graduated, didn't really go into any sort of college field, kind of just, I wanted to be there for, cause we were a year apart. So she still had a year of high school left. I took a year off after high school to just work and be with her until uh, ultimately I knew she was gonna go away uh, to Colorado for her seminary school, uh, her um, Christian college school. Uh, and I knew that there were rumors going around that you couldn't date in this school. 
<laughs> so uh, we knew the end was coming and, it, you know, I couldn't stop it. I tried really hard, but uh, again, I wasn't going to be the guy to, to take her away out of her faith. I was going to be the one that was going to champion her faith. And then if this were to go further, then uh, one of us would have to change. And I didn't think it was going to be her. So um <laughs> She went away to college. Uh, I kind of stayed back. And that was kind of where, you know, we all have our testimony years, we like to call them, where mm -hmm. it was like we completely run from God or we completely just stay out of church. And that happened uh, her first year in ministry school where I was went wild uh, and, you know, really was lost in. It came out um, in 2010 she came back to visit and we just had a conversation. She kind of filled me in about what she was going on in her, in her life and how her faith had even taken a turn um, for the, for, you know, better. She became less religious. And I know that's kind of weird to think like, how did she get more involved with mm -hmm. the Lord if she became less religious? Well, I think it's because she adapted to this new relationship mind with Christ. And she told me about that. Whereas um, where I had grown up in denominational churches, she encouraged me to find a non-denominational church. And so when I started going to a non-denominational ch non church in that year of 2009, 2010, I really started that fresh awakening with like, wow, I can be messed up and still feel loved by the Lord. And mm -hmm. that was always the, you know, that's what keeps us away is we think God's mad at us or God uh, doesn't have a plan for us because we're not following him. But um, so when I started, so then that's what led me to start a relationship with the Lord in 2009. And I went right from front row accepting Jesus to two weeks later, I was moving to Bradenton, Florida to attend a college. Um, <laughs> so, I didn't realize uh, it was that fast between the it two. Was, yeah, it was fast. And it was a lot of, you know, because again, you, you live your life a certain way for so long and you know with my family and how I grew up all my family members still live within a five mile radius mm -hmm. of each other so small town and when you it's not an easy conversation but the bible is very clear on how to handle this conversation when you start living for Christ and you have to leave you know your 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 old self behind and you got to tell everybody I this isn't going to make sense to any of you it really doesn't make sense to me but uh, I feel like God is asking me to, to establish a career in ministry and I have to get some things right. And I, I will not discover those. If I stay in my old self, I have to go and I have to figure this out uh, on my own. And so that, that conversation was not easy when I told my family and friends that I am moving to, from Wisconsin to Florida to attend a ministry school um in that fast no one really had time to talk me out of it because I was still talking myself into it as it was and so I attended ministry school for three years and then Melissa and I met up at a conference it was ironic it, that we were at the same conference and we just decided hey what's let's, let's have a conversation again and we no intention of dating or getting back together whatsoever but we had this conversation and I, the Lord just kind of worked it out and uh we just decided that we would be we could impact the kingdom of christ better together than apart and so we we started taking those steps back to getting back together and we were married in 2012. incredible incredible and i'm learning things even myself i guess i kind of thought you guys dated the whole time but apparently well, we, god had bigger plans right yeah we broke up in 07 and then we didn't get back together until after my first year, it's, it's hilarious because I, I did this, I did the same program Melissa did where you couldn't date your first year. And so after my first year, I had an opportunity to go to Haiti right after the, the massive mm -hmm. earthquake shook Haiti. And so I had an opportunity to go to Haiti and um, uh, do some cleanup and some relief efforts with the school I was at. And I had emailed her just to tell her that I was doing this. And Beth, you, you would understand this because you know Melissa is such a rule follower and such a standardized person. <laughs> she told the college dean of that school that I broke the rules in Florida when she was in Colorado. And I got in trouble for it. I'm like, are you, I'm just updating you on my life. Like, you don't have to tattle on me. 
but that's just how big of a standard person she is. And so when I graduated my first year and I could start like, you know, thinking about dating again, uh, she was the first person I, well, that's when we saw each other at that conference. And I'm like, you know what, I'm going to, if I email her now, she's going to just tattle on me again. Um, so I'm just going to wait a couple of weeks until I'm like done for the sum for summer break. And so I emailed her and I drove actually out of the way from Florida to Colorado to have lunch with her to update each other and then to travel back to Wisconsin. <laughs> so, and then we, obviously that, that lunch sparked a lot of inside of us to, to start the process of dating again. So yeah, we were broken up probably <laughs> three years, two to three years in between. Yeah. Oh man, but what a story, right? And and yeah. we hear those stories because I have a lot of friends and myself, right? That you go through these breakups and these times and, and I'm not here to say like, give God time, right? He might make it work out, but he may like, and that's, right. you know, in his time, um, typically we're not ready for what he has in front right. of us. So yeah. give him the time and the patience. So what do you yeah. and Melissa in your relationship being um, Christians and Christ followers, what is like, I just kind of want to give like a typical day um, yeah. in how you continue to both seek the Lord together and individually yeah. and how you each honor um, yeah. each other to seek the Lord. Yeah. So Melissa is a, she is prayer language a hundred percent of the time. So we have two very little children. So we have a four-year-old and a two-year-old and she as much time as she would love to have to sit and journal and pray and you know worship at on a in a normal day our kids don't allow that so uh <laughs> she finds her adoration for the lord really through just walking around the house and just praying scriptures and speak, praying in her prayer language um over that and then when she does find her quiet time when I'm when I come back home from work then she'll kind of take her book and kind of sit and really um but I would say Melissa's her greatest gift in the Lord is when you see her um at church with other females and moms and really believing in them and watching her worship at church um and again she she is in her she is a prayer like I I don't pray as much as my wife does and I'm a pastor. And so, um, and it never fails every time we're in worship, uh, prior to the sermon that it's time for me to speak. Melissa always just takes a moment and just prays over me. And it really, I really feel the effects. Cause there was one time she had a serve in kids church and it didn't happen. And I probably had one of my worst sermons I've ever had. Um, because her, her voice and how much, and I, I just believe she had her praying for her is her gift. And that is mm -hmm. how she communes so much with the Lord on a daily basis. Uh, it's incredible. And it's, it's one of the things that I'm trying to grow better at in my faith is just to pray mm -hmm. like Melissa. So, yeah. um, and as for me, uh, I'm a very, uh, I'm very strict on my routines. And so I have to, if I miss something in the morning, my whole day is completely shot. Like you might as well not even talk to me because I'm so standardized and strict in my approach. Um, so I'm a journaler. Uh, I, I journal my prayers. I journal my time with the Lord and I'm a worshiper. So, uh, journaling and worshiping for me is in, um, and then, you know, with Bible reading for both of us, Melissa and I both are, are avid Bible readers. So mm -hmm. um, I, I would say for us, my time is in the morning where I commute, commune with the Lord uh, in my quiet time with, with journaling and worshiping and reading my Bible. And that just sets both of our days up for success. And she knows that when, when I'm awake and if the kids were to wake up before, you know, she's, she understands like, hey, go back to your room. Daddy's downstairs. He's having his quiet time. When he's done, he'll come up and spend time with you and then she'll be able to have her time. So that's what we would love to say. That's our daily agenda. But with, four, with a four-year-old and two-year-old, it, it's maybe a couple times a week. And then we kind of just have to audible like, okay, you need some time. I need some time. Let's, let's, let's break up. Because again, at the end of the day, when we vowed to be when we vowed to be married it was to keep the christ at the center of our marriage so we like i can't follow jesus for melissa melissa can't follow jesus for me i can't pray 
I can pray for Melissa, but I can't be the prayer person for Melissa. Like Melissa has to follow Jesus for herself and I have to follow Jesus for myself because before my wife, she was a, she's a daughter of his first and I'm a son of his first and then we're married. So we are very intentional about uh, our time with the Lord. Yeah. Amen to that. And I think that's a key just for those that you might be listening in a relationship is, is that piece of like keeping your relationship with Christ first and that I, I can't, um, to your point with Melissa, like I can't pray or I can pray for, but I can't be on Drew's journey for Drew with the Christ. That's between those two. And that's not um, my place. So you know, right. I, I see that a lot, especially us women and men are, can be fixers, but women want to right. maybe pull the man, the man along or push him closer. But at the end of the day, right. that walk right. is really with Christ. Right. And I think exactly. it's important boundaries. Um, I heard right. you say uh, the time in the morning, like, and right. those boundaries, Drew and I had this conversation the other day because I, I did have a pretty solid routine with my morning time. And I kind of got out of it. Part of it was I started teaching yoga. So it kind of threw off my mornings a bit. But I've realized when I get that time back in with the Lord, first thing, immense difference. So if you have a partner, I mean, it's having those communications and open lines to say, when do you need time with the Lord? And how can we be a partner so that you can be with him? Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, you hit it. Like you have, if it's a priority in your life, it's going to get done. It's correct. But, but just because like you're, and I mean, I'm, I'm sure you, you, under, you'll understand this, like you're wired. We're all wired differently. So <laughs> I am like, when I wake up, I'm ready to go. I don't need 15 minutes to like, before I see the first person, like I can wake up. Like it, it happened this morning. My phone went off uh, at 630 because I have uh, a coffee with the, with a guy over the phone every Wednesday. And I woke, I did set my alarm. He called and I woke, the call woke me up and I just, hello. And he thought I had been awake for hours. And however, my wife is not like that. So when she wakes up, so her operative times are better in the afternoon where my operative times with the Lord are better in the morning because mm-hmm. I don't need that extra plus you know she's home with the kids most of the day so she doesn't have a lot of time to to really be quiet so that's good well let's talk about your journey then when you went down to florida so you went down to florida um the school down there and you became a pastor so talk to me specifically about coming back now so you've come back to madison back kind of home state wisconsin here and we're happy to have you back um, but right. talk about that little bit of journey of what the Lord put on your heart to move. And the reason I yeah. want to share that is I think we're in a time when um, there are big decisions being made for a lot of people. And that might not be moving across you know, the country or right. whatnot, physical moves. But there are times that we are called to make some pretty big decisions. Right. And, and how do we really discern the voice and get clarity? So I'm curious yeah. your story and then what tips do you have from that regard? Yeah. Yeah, I think that um, the first tip I would have is, is to not compare your journey with somebody else's, like, just like you said, like, just because your friend is packing up and moving across the country to, because they feel led to do church over here or to move there, that doesn't mean you're missing out on anything. That doesn't mean God, you're not hearing God's voice and saying, you need a big magical boom in your life. And if you don't, you're not being used like that. A God could have had you born and raised in the same town for the, your whole life because that's where he wants you. So don't compare your booms with somebody else's booms and don't, because what could happen is you're going to create a false boom and then you're going to wake up like, how did this even happen? So don't compare it. Um, so Madison to me, I think it started when I was young. Like I loved the city of Madison, you know, cause we grew up, uh, the town I grew up in was 750 people. And so going to Madison was like going to the big city. Like this was like big time. Like we get to go to the mall. We get to go out to eat. We get to go to see the Badgers play. Like it was like a, a trip to Disney every month yeah. going to Madison. It was huge. Uh, and that's when we got our license. Everybody was like, are you scared to drive in Madison? Because it was such a big yeah. city. Um, and so I think the Lord looking back now, I didn't believe this growing up because I didn't, I didn't follow the Lord, but as I continued to study the Lord, those seeds for Madison were planted inside of my spirit at a very young age. 
of my love for Madison. And so when growing up, you know, going to denominational churches, um, you know, the, the small Lutheran churches, small Catholic churches, um, and you go and you, when, when I moved to Flo- when I moved to Florida and this, you know, 10,000 member non-denominational church, and you start feeling those life-giving messages and this personal relationship with the Lord that you've never felt before. I just began uh, my first year down there. I began to think about, is there not a church like this that exists in Madison? Or there is, and I just never was aware of it. And so as I researched, there wasn't a lot of non-denominational life-giving churches that I that I was aware of in Madison and so that began this work inside of me to um, that's what I want to do I want to my end goal in God's timing is to move back to Madison and either plant a church or get on staff at one uh, and just win souls for Madison win souls for Christ in Madison Mm -hmm. and so that was year one that was 2009 my first year down there and I didn't move back until 2018. So six years, I, or, you know, if you, I got on staff at the church down there in 2012. So I was on staff for six years, but I would, had been down there for nine. And mm-hmm. so, uh, which leads me to another point, like don't try to fast track God's per- place in your life or plan for your life, because it's going to happen. You just got to wait for the Lord to give you the direction and, and the timing. And so, um, so the plant, the seeds were planted at a very young age and they started to take root in 2009. And I was like, I really, eventually I, I really want to get back to Madison. I don't, I, Florida is a great state. It's a great place to visit, terrible place to live. Uh, especially if you like seasons and cool weather and don't move to Florida because Florida is hot all year round and it's humid all year round. And so, um, so when Melissa and I got married in 2012, we started thinking about, cause we got, we were college directors first and then we were youth pastors. And then that's, we, between the two of them, then after that, we, we got the call to move back. And so right away in 2012, Melissa's like, what's your dreams? What's your desires? What do you want to do? And I think that at that point, I was like, I want to plant a church in Madison. And eventually now I'm content living next to the beach right now, but <laughs> So really, it took root for six for uh, about year four. Um, we started have we we had our firstborn, and so we were visiting back home a lot at that point. And every time I had come home, I would spend hours just walking around Madison, just loving the city and just looking around, going to old places and just like, man, Lord, you, the people here are special. But it's a at the time, and I, I haven't looked recently, but Madison was uh, the third least religious city capital in the nation. So not a lot of people are going to church. And the Lord really put on my heart that the time was drawing near. So we got back down in 2016 after we had Knox and we, or Knox is my son, my firstborn. And the Lord, I just knew that the Lord, it was coming to a close. So I started opening up to the pastors down there, like, Hey, this is coming. I don't know when, but it's coming. And November of 2017, Melissa and I took a retreat together. Just the two of us. We, we, we didn't take Knox. Oh, actually we did take, take Knox. We took a retreat to Disney and the intention was to fast and pray. We didn't really do a lot of fasting because we were at Disney, but to pray, it was a prayer retreat and to pray about the next five years and as we began to pray nothing happened (laughs) we got to disney first night we prayed together with nothing second night nothing so we were leaving the next morning so i woke up early the next morning in november of uh, 17 really bummed i'm like god we came up here to hear from you I i didn't hear anything and he showed me this this picture of um when the seas parted um, and it was a miracle. That's a miracle in scripture that the seas parted. And he asked me uh, where I saw the person that parted the sea, where he was or where the staff was. I said, well, it's in the, it's in the water. He's like, exactly. You want the seas to split and see miracles for Christ in Madison, but you're not even in the water yet. You're still up on the bank, looking out at the water, expecting it to, to part. 
And I was like, so are you saying like, we're ready to move? But it's just about, we need to decide when to move. And he's like, yeah, we're, we're ready. It's time for you to go. And you have to step out and you need to get into the water. And so I told Melissa that morning and she's like, okay, I guess this is time. And so I was a youth pastor. So to leave a youth group in the middle of their, I mean, we had about 20 seniors that I had been their youth pastor since they were freshmen. So we told uh, our campus pastors that we will leave when we graduate these students, because I'm not going to leave them high and dry. And, you know, one of the most pivotal years of their life, I'm not going to leave them. So uh, in May of 18, we packed up and we came up and the funny thing was uh, when he, when we got the call, we didn't have a job. We didn't have a house. We didn't have nothing, but we said we're moving. And ironically, the church that Melissa, the, the church that we are at now serving was Melissa's church. The pastor was Melissa's pastor growing up and it was his church. And they had recently uh, transformed it into a non-denominational, you know, Holy Spirit led church. And he was looking to retire and they were looking for someone fresh and new to take over. And so we took over that church in July of, of 18. It was, it was wild. We, we got up here, we had nothing. And it's like, man, did I make a mistake? Did I not hear? Was that, was he talking about a, another story in scripture where the, the staff was outside of when Moses raised his staff, he was on the banks. Like, did I miss the, the story? Oh, like, like, uh, I'm like, so you just, you, you, you doubt it, but then God just has something. We didn't know that that church was hiring until we got to Madison yeah. until we moved back. And so um, that's how we got back. But I think from the seeds were there from a, a childhood of memories for Madison. Yeah. It's so interesting to hear this. And one thing that I'm getting from your story is a couple, like knowing who you are and like your path and journey deep inside. Yeah. Right. So you knew yeah. those little seeds planted along the way. No one else is going to really know those right. little bits about you, but the Lord right. will. And right. so being in tune with the Lord and, and yourself to know right. what those are. And I think we could go on a whole nother podcasting topic day, right? Of like discerning the voice of the Lord and like right. hearing the Lord. Right. Cause that is right. something that is something I absolutely some days feel really challenged right. in. Um, right. Again, especially when you hear people like it was so loud and clear, like he said this right. or he showed me that. But right. the main thing I've learned along the way is this, if, if you're in this point of like, well, that's really great, Pastor Jared. Of course, you were a pastor. The Lord just right. speaks to pastors so widely, right. which is not yeah. true. But not just, true. Knowing, just knowing um, yeah. how he speaks to you is different. And yeah. also, the more that we seek him and draw near to him, right. the, the more clear it is. And I just had right. a friend say to me the other day, is um, allowing ourselves to get still to block out yeah. the noise because right. I can't hear the Lord. There's right. too much noise happening that I couldn't right. hear the Lord. Right. Um, yeah, I think that there's two things I would say to that for people listening to be like, I am new with the Lord um, and I have no idea what the, the audible voice of God sounds like, or uh, I'm trying to figure out. I think that the first thing uh, is his word, the Bible is alive and active. And those are the words inspired by God. So if you want to get to know the tone of God's voice, read his word, read the living and active word, which is the Bible. And you'll start to understand that there is a, there is a peaceful calming to the voice of God that we find in scripture, right? Uh, and I think the world would love to tell us that the voice of God is condemning and hateful and spiteful, right? But if you, if you, if you, read the scriptures, you'll, you'll understand the tune of God's voice. Um, and so when you get in touch, in tune with his word, then you'll start to understand his voice. And the second thing I'll say to that is all through scripture, especially when in the story of Elijah, uh, Elijah was in a cave waiting for God and there was an earthquake and there was a fire. And God wasn't in either one of them. The biggest, loudest thing that could happen. But it says in Elijah that God came and heard God through a whisper. And it's interesting because when we whisper, we can only hear it if we're close to each other. Yeah. That's the only time you'll hear someone whispering. 
and understand what they're saying because you're they're right close they're right next to you when they whisper and you can hear it and that just proves that god is not distant from you he's right next to you and he's whispering to you so don't look for god in these audible loud voices listen for him in the whisper because that just means he's close and he's never going to leave you he's never going to abandon you so and i had that struggle like when i would be i mean Beth, I was, I remember my first Bible, because again, I went from saved, front row saved to front row in my car driving to Florida for my first Bible class. My first Bible class, I sat in the in the front row because we had to. Uh, and they said, open to Genesis chapter one. <laughs> I'm looking around. I have no idea where Genesis chapter one is. And so I just flip it open, flop it open and just start. And one of my friend, the one of my friends now, we weren't friends then because we were we didn't know each other. But he's like, it's the first chapter in the Bible. I'm like, oh, that's good to know. <laughs> and so, being in that, being in a Christian college with people that knew the voice of God and just started saying, the Lord is saying this, and the Lord is saying that, and I'm sitting there like, there, who's Lord? Who's God? Who's Jesus? Who's like just all of this stuff. And I think that, again, that can either intimidate you to walk away from it all, or that can motivate you to really start tuning in and figuring this out. Because this is a walk, like we said earlier, this is your walk. This is not your neighbor's walk. It's not your spouse's walk. This is your walk. And once you start figuring that out, the Lord is very personal. So he is going to listen to you. He is going to talk to you differently than anybody else. Like the voice of God in my life, I attune. I don't even know if that's a word, but I hear him differently than probably you do. And it's, that's, that's what I love about God is that he's personal with each one of us. He, we will only understand him in a language that we will understand. Nobody else will understand the same language. That's it's hundred percent. So, so good, Jared. Like I, yeah. Man, we could we could go on and on about some of these topics. Maybe we'll just have to like continue a little sure. monthly podcast Part with Jared two. and Beth and just like right. dive into all this goodness. Exactly, that'd be awesome. I mean, I tell you, friends, it it truly is um, a challenge at times. And I yeah. just if you are discouraged or you know new in faith, right? If you're still in the front row, saved as Jared was at one time, just keep your eyes gazed to him and get in the word. I think that was your point there, like to get in the word hundred percent, right. open that Bible, um, right. learn where the chapters are, but there is an right. index exactly. you don't. <laughs> right. Exactly. I should have did that. The, looking back, I should have did that. I should have done that, but uh, oh, funny. I was too worried about whatever. People, so that yeah, is, it was. Oh man. I, I love sharing all these stories with you too. It just brings back all sorts of memories. We should, we should also just do a, like a memory podcast with us. Yeah, right? all the high school, for sure. Uh, goodness yeah. there. So last, uh, last thing I really want you to share about today, cause I, I do want to hear a little more about your book. So yeah. we, and, and the reason I'm keeping on these kind of big momental kind of topics of, of your life too, is because the way that you've pivoted and transitioned and the discernment that you really just seek the Lord and follow his calling. And so my guess is that this book was one of those things that he put on your heart. And yeah. one of the weird things, right? You're like, why, why me? Right. I'm not right. capable right. of writing a book. So share right. that story of the book and, and what the topic, how that topic came about more than anything. Yeah. Too. yeah. Um, I'll say this and I don't, I don't, I, I'm a, I'm a real person, uh, just like Beth. I, I, I'm, I'm a real person. I, I am not trying to say I'm holier than thou art and I'm a holy roller all the time. Like, you know, I, I, if you watch the a Packer game with me, you'll be like, this guy's a pastor. Uh, so, um, but really the truth about my first book is I had no idea I had a book inside of me. And when I was spending time with God, this is, um, gosh, a couple of years ago, I remember I've always been drawn to Joshua a lot. I love the book of Joshua just because Joshua was a man's man. He, you know, he, he stood up for what he believed in. He didn't back down. He was called by God uh, to be strong and courageous, like just, and then if you read his war tales in the book of Joshua, like he, this dude was a bad dude, like this guy, uh, if you think of any like 
the movie Gladiator or 300. This was, that's Joshua. That is the guy. And so I've always been drawn to that. Um, so I read, my, again, going back to my second year of ministry, ministry school, I read a book called Sun Stand Still by Stephen Furtick. Changed my life. Changed my life. Loved that book. Probably my top three books of all time was Sun Stand Still. And that's about uh, Joshua. Uh, and how he uh, prayed that the sun would stand still and the Lord delivered that prayer. And so again, that, that planted seeds about Joshua in my life. And last January, so not January of 2020, but January of 2019. So I guess it's two Januaries ago. Uh, my pastor, the guy I call my pastor, uh, Je Justin Daly out of Orlando, Florida, did a series called Fortify. And I thought it was a great series. And the term Fortify means strengthen to defend. And I was taking a ton of notes uh, just through that series and what he was talking about. He wasn't talking about Joshua, but he was talking about how to build life on a solid foundation um, and how worship and prayer is all uh, what we just need to solidify our relationship with Christ on and how to fortify our life with Christ. And so I began to, and that message series just really stuck with me all through the summer, this term fortify and all this stuff like strength and to defend. And I was, I remember I was having a conversation with a guy in our church and he was really struggling. Um, and this was August. So uh, it was, yeah, August of 20 something. I'm, but, uh, we've talked so much about dates. So just in August mm -hmm. at some point we were, <laughs> we were talking and he asked me a question that I had never once heard anybody ask me. And this guy is a, a cry. Like he's been following Christ for a long time. He's like, I'm having trouble defending my faith at work. And I'm like, well, explain that to me. He's like, how do I defend my faith? Is it by words? Is it by action? Is it by quoting scripture? Is it by going to church? What does it mean to defend my faith? And I was like, well, I think when it comes to defending anything, you have to be pretty confident in the thing you're defending. Like, you're not just going to wake up one day defending something that you have no clue on what you're defending. Like if you're going to defend an argument saying that the Packers are the best team in football, you probably have stats, you probably have stories, you probably have all these things lined up to um, tell people and defend your point. And so I don't, I think the question is how not to defend your faith. And the question is how strong is your faith? And in that moment, that term strengthened to defend came into my life or into my head. I'm like, so he leaves that meeting and I'm in my so I had to start, I'm like, I'm going to develop a sermon series all about Fortify. And so I'm starting to write down how much stuff I can really preach on with defending our faith and strengthening our faith in order to defend it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, going back, it was like leading it back to Joshua. So I'm like, okay, we're going to have a book study on the book of Joshua. It's all going to be about Fortify. It's all going to be about strengthening our faith in order to defend it. And as I kept going, I'm like, the Lord just kept bringing it out. Like, this is a book. This isn't a sermon. You don't want me to do a sermon series. This is a full-blown <laughs> book because I'm like 30 pages deep and my sermon prep time is not this long. So I just kept over a three or four month process. I just kept getting ideas of what do we need to strengthen in our life to defend our faith? right? We need to strengthen our obedience. We need to strengthen our attitude. We need to strengthen our vision of the Lord. And, and so I get the chapters done and I think I'm done. And I'm, I have nine chapters, my first book, nine chapters. I think I'm, I'm, I'm good. And January, 2020 rolls around and I'm about ready to send it off to the editor. And Kobe Bryant dies. And the world is, is shook with, I mean, good reason, great uh, basketball player, you know, monumental in, you know, the game. And, and so those four or five days of just nothing but Kobe Bryant on the news, nothing else is going on. Shot clock violations, all this stuff with number 24, number eight, and all this stuff's going on. Mm -hmm. And so I board a flight to go to Arizona for some, for some rest with family. We're going, to, we're in the desert. I just can't stop thinking about this with what happened with Kobe Bryant and how the NBA has to now go through a loss 
mm-hmm. and I was watching an interview with LeBron James and he said, we need to get strengthened through this loss. And it, it just shook me like Moses died. Joshua was left. Joshua was his confidant. Joshua, that was Joshua's leader. I'm like, I don't think the book's done yet. And so I went back and wrote another two chapters just about how to fortify that we need to strengthen even through loss. We have to get strengthened by it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, the book is all about strengthening um, your faith in order to defend it. And that's, again, I I would love to take credit for I had all the ideas, but really I didn't, the book was inside of me just through my years of studying Joshua and seeing what kind of studying the scripture. And it came out at a time where I had no idea it was going to come out and uh, it's out. Yeah, that's awesome. And I would encourage anyone, if you're looking for that to strengthen, definitely check it out. It's a nice, good, easy read. Super funny, right? Lots of stories. Um, I think I was maybe slightly mentioned in there, right? High school stories, we'll call it. We won't say names, no names, right? right? No names. Yeah, no names. But definitely Uh, check it out if you're looking to just dig in deeper. And maybe it's just one chapter that'll speak to you about, like you said, obedience or vision or something like that. But that's how I that's how I wrote it I didn't write the book to be read in order it was basically take what you need if you need to if you're struggling with being obedient in the Lord there's a chapter on that if you're struggling with what kind of attitude you need to have go into that chapter with maybe you're going through a loss which we I think is that is the the mod like that is where most of us are sitting with a loss and how do I pick myself up after this loss Um, and that's chapter one I knew I knew when that chapter came out, I'm like, this has to be the first chapter because I just think that everyone has gone through a loss or will be going through a loss at some point in their life. Yeah. In- inevitable, right? Yeah. Oh, that's good. And so here's what I, the reason I kind of picked these three topics with Jared is friends is because when I listen to him share too, the theme that kind of keeps coming back is the seeds that are planted. They're always yeah. inside of us. And we talked right. earlier, right, about not fast-tracking God's plan and just right. being patient. And that Proverbs 3, 5 is one of my most favorite verses, you know, trust in the Lord with yeah. all your heart and lean not, not unto your own understanding. Because guess what? I have no idea tomorrow morning what's going to happen, right. but I can tell you he does. And so that right. those little seeds that are being planted, and they may not seem much now, but right. when we're sowing the good seeds for the Lord, they will prosper and we will bear great, great fruit. Um, It just might not be in our timeline. I was thinking earlier when we were talking, something that came to me too was like, stop asking for details and be obedient, right? You may not know why you're moving to Madison, but he said move. So you move. Right. Ironically, there's two things I'd say after what you just said. Uh, First thing, seeds, every seed that you plant or is planted, it grows down before it ever grows up first. It's going to take time to go down into the soil first, and then it comes up. So we have no idea how deep it's got to go down before it starts coming out of us. And uh, that's what I would say to anybody. There's seeds in your life right now that are going to come out in the next year that were planted years ago mm-hmm. because they had to go down into your spirit first. Some got to go and deep. The thing, and the thing about details is I probably would say to a lot of us if we knew the details they'd scare the crap out of us and we wouldn't even go through it with it we wouldn't do it right exactly so that god is he he uh he's like a poker player he holds the cards pretty close to his chest and he reveals them at just the right time when we're ready for him so we don't want to know the details we just need to be obedient no you are right Oh, my friend, this is so good. So let's yeah. wrap it up here. Otherwise, I mean, like I said, we could go on all night, guys. We could talk <laughs> all day and night, Jared and I. Um, man, we should just, maybe we should just start our own podcast, right? Yeah, but let's talk about where um, they can find you, whether it be on yeah. the socials or um, even your church if local, for those listening in the Madison yeah. local area. Yeah, I am on Instagram and Facebook, Jared underscore Gordon. Uh, it's J-A-R-O-D, not E-D, not I-D, not A-D. It's O-D uh, underscore Gordon um, on Instagram. And then Facebook's the same thing. Our church that we serve is called Capital Land Church in Madison. Um, so that's where you can find me. And then on Amazon with the book. I was just going to say, and where's Amazon or where's the book? Yeah. It is on Amazon. And I will drop all of those uh, links as well, friends, into the show notes. So definitely check them out there. Yeah. Any last 
thoughts, maybe a favorite verse, anything you just want to leave everyone with? Oh, man. Um, my favorite verse is obviously Joshua, be strong and courageous because um, he's called you. And I think right now, what I will leave everybody with, and I hope everybody gets this, is that you have a voice and it matters. I think right now in the world we live in, in the nation that we live in, uh, conformity is at an all-time high and people want you to conform. What the Bible does is very clear that we do not conform to the world and be strong in your faith, be strong in your views. Um, it's, not, um, it's not wrong to have a, a personal opinion. And I think that's what I want to leave people with. Like stand up for your freedom of speech and stand up for your freedom of faith. Don't conform because that we will not make a difference if we're trying to conform. You make a difference by standing out. So that's what I'll leave with everybody. Amen to that, Jared. All right, I'm going to pray us out, friends, and then we will move on. You're welcome. Heavenly Father, gosh, we just thank you so much, and we praise your glorious name. Thank you for this time together and all this goodness that Jared has provided us and just shared his journey, whether that be from the seeds planted years ago, even his walk and his testimony and trials to just the honor and respect that him and Melissa have built in their home for each other and for their family, just to continue to seek your kingdom and also to influence Madison area and to just bring those to you. That's what we're here, Lord, to just shine your light. Again, we just thank you for your time here today. I hope this blesses those that need it. And we hope that they're encouraged to move closer to you and to seek your name. In your name, we pray, amen. Amen. All right, Jared, till next time, friend. Appreciate you being on here. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much. Take care. Thank you so much, Jared, for being on the show. It was an honor to have you, and I hope that his message really blessed someone that is listening to this podcast. That's our goal here is to just, if it speaks to one person, then we are being obedient to God's plan. So thank you again, Jared. And listeners, head on over, subscribe like, post, review, all of the things that any social platforms or podcast platforms, I would greatly appreciate it. And remember, give me a like on Instagram, Be Still Beth, or on Facebook, Be Still Health and Wellness. Until next time, friends, be well.